Hello and welcome back to 1882. This is your Tottenham podcast. We know it's been a long time, but I was selfish enough to go on a honeymoon and then move house and have to wait three weeks for the internet. So, <laughs> for that, uh, it's Ashley here. My usual co-host Christian is on his holiday now. So instead, I'm joined by my old cock and ball mate, Jules, by which I mean the podcast, not some other intimate uh, <laughs> relationship that we've had. How you doing, Jules? Yeah, doing very well, thanks, mate. How's your How's your honeymoon? Oh, mate, it was incredible. I went to, um, we started off in San Francisco, which was just a bizarre place. It was like from a different world. It was just mm. both incredible and then just homeless people everywhere. Strange. But one of the places you, you have to go once. Yeah, yeah mate. S- sounds sounds unreal, even if a bit weird. Um, and now you finally got some context in all those pre-season tours. You understand how the players feel dotting down <laughs> and having to cross yeah. over in, in America and understand yeah. what's going on over there. And having to pay $15 a pint, yeah, it's not. <laughs> that was wow. at the baseball, to be fair. We went and watched a, um, a Giants game, which I, was I mean, less boring than our foot would be. Even with it being America, even with it being a Giants game, $15 a pint, that must have been... Is that is that as painful for you as paying for Beaver Town? <sighs> I don't know, because it feels more personal at the Tottenham stadium that the prices are higher. I feel like they're doing it to me as a Tottenham fan. <laughs> They're trying to steal my money. In America, I was just a stupid tourist. So I was like, that's okay. the prices. But in London, at the Tottenham Stadium, I'm like, nah, they shouldn't be doing this. They yeah, I, I think that's how a lot of Spurs fans feel, where it's just it's just that it's just that personal hit where you're like, why? Why? Like yeah. £7.20. Like, Especially why? like people spend thousands of pounds on a season ticket and then you're making them pay ridiculous prices for a beer which is brewed in the stadium. Like... What, well, I mean, I, what are their overheads why is it so expensive i was gonna say when they're brewing it on site as well who knows maybe it's all just a long a long-term ploy to get fen drinking a little less so they've, they've yeah. targeted all the price in the stadium is just about looking at fen how many times that man goes through. it's a fen tax exactly <laughs> it's the fen tax and if you want to protest against that there'll be marches across north london i can promise for those of you who weren't with us on cock and ball fen was our other host on on that podcast but um mm. Right, let's get into uh, Forest Away then, shall we? What are your overall thoughts and feelings after the game? Uh, very happy on the whole, because I think they're going to be a bit of a banana skin for quite a few teams. The the mm. fans are up for it, and they're they're combative, they're aggressive, they're they're, they're good between the two boxes. And at the end of the day, two 0 clean sheet away from home, ten points out of out of a potential twelve to start the season. I'm on the whole pretty happy. Did Did you feel that way at the end? Yeah, yeah, it's very um. They've got the very Brentford last season vibes about mm. them, haven't they? Where you know they're gonna they're gonna set up well and they're gonna press you higher and if they can't beat you with pure ability, then they're gonna try and just work you off the pitch, which is what you kind of need to do as a as a promoted team. And mm. the city ground is, is a proper ground, isn't it? And th- those fans throughout the game, you could hear them. So just go in there in that sort of atmosphere. Um, some teams might have got brutalised by that. Not little old Tottenham. We uh we we know how to manage it these days. Well, I was I was going to say we're, we're definitely not. We might be old, but we're definitely not little Tottenham. I think we've got <laughs> as many six footers as anyone in 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 the Premier yeah. at the moment. And we're um you know you can have all the sheriffs of Nottingham you want. There's the first plug plug for fan. Um, you can have all the sheriffs of Nottingham you want, but you know I think we I think we stood up to the task well. Um, I did have a, a question for you actually. It was one one which um cropped up because I know. We, as someone who plays outfield, usually midfield, I don't like getting fouled. As someone who's a defender in, in their day, you liked committing the fouls. And mm-hmm. um, do you think 
that the five subs rule is going to allow for more tactical fouls to be made. Because I noticed they subbed off two players on bookings when they had four yellows yeah. and those two players proceeded to get two yellows. Um, do you think there'll be more tactical fouling as a result of the five subs? Yeah, undeniably. You've got less of a risk to it. And also, um, it allows teams to put on fresh legs, which means more pressing, which regularly you know, accumulates mm. in fouls when you're pressing high and aggressive. So it's bound to happen. I just think the um, the referees have to be smarter. And because sometimes when you you see like an accumulation of fouls, but instead of it taking like three tackles, it's taken six, mm. seven sometimes. So the referees have to be smart and protect the players. Um, but it's, it's going to happen and that's fine. Like that's, we've got concept <laughs> manager. It's going to be us doing it a, a lot of times. I remember when, before I think it was under, we were still under Poch and we had to play a Dharma Traore and about five mm. of our players got a yellow card against him. We just kept swapping who's going to take him out. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a football tactic, whether we like it or not. Oh, 100%. And I think we, I think that day, I remember, you're right, it was like Togard Vyrod slid him out of touch, then Jan Vertonghen grabbed his shirt, then Ben Davies clipped his ankles. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. my God, we're really just going along the back line here, aren't we? Um, yeah. exactly what, that's exactly what they did. And you're right, I think it's the nature of the game. Uh, you have to adjust to it. But when I saw... And I think I think there's a, there's a balance to it. So like, Nottingham Forest yesterday and Man City are the masters of it, aren't they? Mm. Uh, again, those, just, those little fouls just to slow you down. Um, mm. And then you've got the other side of it and you've got Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa, which can be really nasty. So yeah. as long as the balance is right, I have no issue with it. But when you're going in trying to break players' legs, then you, something's got to be done. <laughs> if that's not a dig at Matty Cash, I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know what is. <laughs> Look, nobody hurts my Doherty, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a nickname, mate. That's, that's your choice. That's your choice. <laughs> well, speaking of, um, of winning possession in, in, the, in the midfield... How did you think we dealt with that in the first half? Because a lot has been made um, in recent times of our apparent getting dominated in, in the middle. Um, I think in, in this game, so I, th- I thought we were we were poor in the first half in the middle of the pitch and better in the second half. But I, yeah. I thought that, you know, that was more on the ball. I think off the ball, I have quite a lot of sympathy um, for the two centre mids in there because they're left very isolated. Almost every other team in the league plays with three in that area of the pitch, if not four sometimes, the false nine dropping in. And we go in there with two and say to them, well, you can't press man to man because you're outnumbered, so you're going to have to go zonal. So if mm. I, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a hospital pass. Like If you're looking at it for Hoiberg and, and Bentoncourt, who are usually our starting two, it, it's, it's a very, very difficult brief. Um, and I think that's exactly what happened when we played Chelsea was you just get outnumbered in that area of the pitch. And they were playing with, what, three centre mids, two false nines and wide centre backs who'd like to offer the ball. I just they, thought, played, and it, they played multiple people in every position except up front, Chelsea. They just didn't yeah, have a striker. Exactly. Which is why I was like, OK, well, they've got about eight people trying to congest the middle of the pitch and we had two in there. And I, yeah. I looked at them and I thought, I don't blame Hoiberg and and, uh, and Bentoncourt. And I think they actually are both doing a decent job at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you saw it differently, though. A little bit. And I... I I have to admit a bit, maybe a bit of a prejudice. Maybe I've I've put the onus more on Hoiberg because he's not the most graceful of players, whereas Bentacor can sometimes glide around the pitch and mm. look better at doing what he does. Um, yeah. Whereas Hoiberg is sort of that guy who just got to where he's got by working hard, not by looking great. Um, but my, what what I saw, my my issues was the the space between them. Mm. Um, so like lots of teams play a two in midfield and do absolutely fine um, nominally against Chelsea they were playing two in midfield Nottingham were technically playing two in midfield 
they just um, are just Hoiberg and Benzema. Maybe they're just not the long-term centre mid um, relationship that we're going to have. But they just seem to have such big gaps between them, which meant mm. like one would push out wide whilst the other stayed in the middle, and then they <laughs> not in the middle, essentially have the whole of midfield just to move the ball around. Um, and it just seemed to me, just watching the game at the time, and this ain't going to come up in stats because Hoiberg was making his tackles, he was making his passes, so you can throw whatever stat mm. you want. But when you're looking at the game, he just never seemed to be close enough to Bentacore to be able to close down the space in the centre of the park and make it difficult for Nottingham Forest to, to move the ball around. And that I is something that you can't, I can't, you can't really get that out on Twitter, which is probably why I got the uh, the attention right. I got with my comments. I was, I was going to say, you got, you got dogs abused because Hoiberg is um, absolute marmite, isn't he? He's love him or hate him, it seems, yeah. for our fans. I'm not so even I, there, though. I don't even hate him. Like, no, on the I, whole, I'm a, I'm a Hoiberg fan. I just think in this game, like mm. he's done in some other games, his positioning just isn't quite there. I, well, I, do you know what it is? I think, there's, I think you're probably right. There's an aspect of positioning, but there's also an aspect of he's not very quick. Speaking as mm. quite speaking as quite a slow passing centre mid, it's not nice having to chase down angles and, and areas of the pitch, which you don't want to. Benton yeah. quite quite rangy and sort of lopes around the place and he can get out to to press that player and get back into shape. I think for Hoiberg, that, that two-man midfield is is more problematic, is the honest answer. I think what made the mess difference in the second half from the first half wasn't just that um, sort of Hoiberg and Bettercourt had a, started playing better together. I think mm. also we saw our wide set of facts being more aggressive. So yes. we didn't. So our centre mids didn't have to move out to those sort of half spaces to to engage with not on the forest players because our centre backs were pushing onto them, um, which isn't an issue we ever had with Romero. But that's mm. something that we have to be aware of with Sanchez, who I'm perfectly happy with as a backup. You know, you're gonna lose. You're not gonna have a Romero quality replacement for Romero. It doesn't exist. No. It's just silly. Um, <laughs> I so think that I, I think that's an important tactical element that we need to start doing from the start of games, which is. Something that we always seem to be slow, slow in. Yeah, we always we always grow into it, um, and I think you're you're absolutely right. I noticed. I always think when when Romero passes the ball, he passes it in a way which lets the centre mid play it often first time or to yeah. sort of zip zip the ball on. Sanchez was sort of playing bobbly, sort of crap in, was bouncing into your shins as it's mm. arriving, and as the centre mid, you're like, please make my job easy. <laughs> Just make it easy, right? There's three of you back there. There's only two of us in it. But I think I think you're right. I think. And it, it, part of it is is sort of visual and aesthetic. Like I think it's weird that Hoiberg produced an amazing pass straight down the middle of the pitch for Son in the first half. It was an one to Kane one, as well, didn't he? Yeah, and one to Kane. He, like yeah. he he plays the ball actually progressively forward a lot better. But yeah. if Hoiberg was a car, he'd be a Volvo, and if Bentoncourt was a car, he'd be an Audi. And and they're actually it's just like it's just the look of them. You look at it. Bentoncourt mm. hasn't played nearly as many forward passes in the first three games. He hasn't dictated our play. But Which is weird because at the end of last season, and then the last season, I thought like Bentico was the one making the cutting passes. So uh, it was interesting to know what happened there. But look, Hoiberg isn't a bad player. I don't think he was atrocious. I just thought he was having one of those games, and maybe, maybe it's just a um, a bias thing from me. But um, but on the whole, it was it was it was a good performance from us actually, and. The reason I mentioned the whole apparently we get dominated mid, in midfield thing, and that we, we you know we apparently loads of people seem to think that we we concede too many chances. But have you seen the like XG stats against us in the last first four games? I think the only team to <laughs> have had much. <laughs> more than like 0.6 was Chelsea. Yeah. Like I I I maybe maybe also 
being from like, growing up watching Italian football, mm. um, having possession in midfield isn't that important. Yeah, I think undeniably your Italian heritage here is, is, is <laughs> comes to the fore, and I think they. Uh, no, I think look, Conte Conte's play is is about as soon as the you lose the ball, there isn't a counter press. You drop back in, you make them go around into the wide areas and play into the wing back channels. You don't let them go through the middle of the park. And yeah. if they do have shots, and they have shots from crap positions, which is why you're right. Like if they, um, I think that sense. Was he called Lewis O'Brien, the blondie they had? O'Brien. It was definitely O'Brien. I don't know his definitely first name. O'Brien. I don't he, know him he, personally. He, well, but he had, <laughs> not on first name terms, but he, he, he had the ball loads in centre mid, but he had absolutely no impact ultimately on the game. Like he would have made a hundred passes, but he just, you know, ultimately just side to side and getting no, no penetration. So exactly. I think, I think you're right. I think ultimately Conte will look at it and say, I don't care about the possession. I don't care if their centre mid is feeling, feeling sort of proud because he's touched the ball a lot. He would say, well, that they're creating no big chances. And when we get the ball by contrast, we look so clinical and razor sharp in how we're creating the chances. I know we only scored two, but the amount of times where those dangerous runs, every single so time. dangerous. And, and the runs that choreographed, like like you see how Kulu will, will come in off that right flank and Kane will make yeah. the run around the outside of it. And that those runs look so perfected that I you know, we only scored two yesterday, but I, I could see us, you know, easily scoring four or five from the amount of clear cut chances we have in that yeah. game. Conte doesn't want possession for possession's sake either. Like if we if no. we've got the ball, there's got to be an, a, a killer attempt to, mm. to get that ball in the goal at some point. Not like City, where we'll keep the ball until the opposition's tired, and then we'll make a, and then we'll um, quickly speed up and move, which is an equally acceptable tactic. But we're falling into mm. this. Uh, we seem to be falling into this thing at the moment where there's only one way to play football. Like you have to be high pressing. You have to see lots of the ball. That's the only acceptable way amongst many people to play football, but it's not the only successful tactic as Conte has shown and um, many, many other managers has shown over the years. I mean, even under Poch, under the 16-17 like the season and 15-16 when we were at our best, it was by being counter-attacking. In those matches, we barely, we rarely saw more than 50% possession, but what we did was get the ball high up. Um, that was the only difference. We got the ball high up and an attack at pace. So, there's, yeah. you know, it's... It's an effective tactic. That are you are you worried that Tottenham fans will become disillusioned of it long term, or do you reckon it'll be fine? I I think fans enjoy if if we see goals and if we see wins. And yeah. last season, I think in the last wasn't it sort of since since Conte's taken over, I think we scored most or second most goals in the Premier League. You know they might yeah yeah, and we've got the most points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we might not have the the prettiest passing triangles, but. If you know, I, I think if our fans see lethal counterattacks ending in Son putting the ball in the back of the net, I don't think they're going to be complaining. And and equally, that's important for us as a fan base. You know, there's as you say, lots of different ways to play football. And you know, as long as the results come, Conte will be sitting there thinking, don't care. We've we you know we've had opening fixtures, three wins and a draw, and the draws away against Chelsea are not you know by no means an easy game. Mm. He'll be saying, good start to the season. Um, ignore the possession stats. Let's let's crack on. Yeah, yeah, more than. I have no issue with it. Like it's it's fun when you score. Like we we've, mm. we've celebrated more now than we've ever did before. So enjoy <laughs> it. If it's not your type of football, get over it. Like enjoy it. Get behind Tottenham. You will exactly. have a good time. I guarantee that. Um, any any worries that you had sort of tactically or, it, or individuals? Obviously, Son's not firing at the moment, but yeah, I'm not sure that's a cause for concern. Well, he's he he would be one of the one of the players who stands out to me actually. I don't I don't think um I think tactically, you know, sometimes we all 
we all like to sort of get a bit too deep into that game. But at the end of the day, it's 11 guys going out and playing football, right? And like, yeah. apart from the choreographed patterns breaking forward, I'd say Conte would look at it and say, tactically well-prepared, didn't concede from set pieces. We got the win. Great job. But as far as individual performances go, there's a little bit of worry for me with Son because I know he's a streaky player, yeah. but he's never been a streaky player who gets subbed off if he's not performing. We've so never had an adequate replacement, though, to be fair. Oh, absolutely. Charleston's come absolutely. on and every time he's come on, he's, he's looked he's looked the part, hasn't he? He's, he's made an impact. But I think yeah. for Son, that's the weird thing of, you know, he'll, he'll go through periods where he'll get sort of, you know, 15 goals in 20 games, then he'll get two goals in 20 games. And he, he is a bit streaky. He's got that in him. But previously, maybe he's almost like played through his bad form. And yeah. that's how he's gotten there. And now with Richarlison give, looking so sharp off the bench and providing another option, I don't know if you saw his little temper tantrum when he when he sat down on the bench, but he was not a happy he was not a happy boy. I saw him shaking his head as he walked off. I didn't see I didn't see the bit on the. Oh, it was it was a classic sort of sit down. Was it Delhi esque? It, it was a bit Delhi esque. Delhi esque with those awful predator boots um, <laughs> where he sort of chucks them chucks them at the floor and gets angry at himself for having played shit. Um, it was very much that that kind of mode for some. Yeah, which is fine. Like, I want my players to be angry at themselves when they play shit. But mm. I don't think it's anything for us to be concerned about long term. Like, he was... The thing that encouraged me was he, he was still making those runs. He was still mm. getting into the positions. The finish will come. It felt quite reminiscent of Kane when he started coming back after his little bitching moment <laughs> at the start mm. of last year. Um, once he starts getting into those positions, it, it will come. He gets his first goal, and then it's a bit of a um, a bit of a cliche. But once he gets the first, I think the rest will start coming flooding in, and we'll look ever so much more dangerous because of it. Yeah, um, and I think that I think that's the that's the thing which we should be positive about. As you say, yeah. he's still getting chances. He's still getting shots off. I think you know his finish. He should have scored at least one yesterday, probably two. So he, he's only got himself to blame, and he'll have to you know if he has to sit on the bench the next game because he hasn't been particularly effective in his first four that's a lesson in okay well this is what happens at top clubs top clubs yeah. this happens to, to the best players but I, I also think there's a balance of I, I feel for him that maybe he's always been like the Robin to Kane's Batman and now there are two Robins and yeah. there's a sort of it's a, it's a different dynamic mm-hmm. so he's he's got Tim to figure Drake out. has come into the, into the exactly mix. exactly you know no one wants to be Alfred no one wants to be Alfred <laughs> so I, I, I feel like he's he, what he's got to get is that balance of he and Kudu clearly know how to play off Kane, but how do he and Kudu play together as well? That would be my thing is, you know, those breaks, you, those are the two fastest, most mobile players in our team. Yeah. So there'll be moments where Kane's going to be chugging up the pitch a little bit further behind because he's dropped into the 10. As a two, how do you play with each other? Um, but, but but I'm sure we'll get there. We're only four games in, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, over-criticise. No, exactly. Um, and we've got loads and loads of games coming up, so I'm sure he'll have a moment and at least one of them game every three days until about until Christmas, pretty much, isn't it? Well, December. Yes, I think it's until mid. I think certainly until mid November. Yeah. No, I think three days is the longest break, and we've got a couple of two days. So this the you know the squad, which there was a moment when I'm looking at, I'm thinking, God, there's some players here who haven't had a barely had a minute on the pitch yet. Yeah. But they're going to get the chance in the next uh, in the next 30 days in the next the uh, next couple of months even i think there's going to be plenty of football to go around yeah football uh, world cup at christmas interrupting the premier league might be sort of the smallest of reasons not to be happy of a world cup in qatar <laughs> it's certainly <laughs> one of them I was, I was going to say, I'm sure the uh, the, the poor the poor uh, migrants who are being forced to to build the stadiums in slave conditions are really going to yeah. feel for the Tottenham players about the the yeah. fixture congestion. 
well anyway <laughs> moving on yeah. um yeah you, you mentioned kane dropping into to the third uh or into the into the middle third he was playing mostly in third gear he still looks absolutely incredible doesn't he yeah, uh, he 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 looks absolutely lethal. Um, he looks like sort of best version of him of himself. Um, I don't. He I think he he looks fast, and yeah. when Kane looks fast, you've got to be worried because that. But then the again, he was playing to... against Cook, who doesn't. Well. Look fast. <laughs> yeah, true. But I think uh, do, do you know what it was? I thought as well. He looked he looked very sharp in terms of the intelligence of his play. Like I, I mean, there are a couple of times where he was spinning people in the middle of the park or dropping in and getting on the ball, yeah. and he just looked too intelligent for the players around him. He gets, you know, he has easily three or four shots in the game, scores obviously that one early early goal. And then for the last finish, it's it's something we're so used to seeing from Kane, but it it makes it makes what, what is actually not the easiest header and finish yeah. look so I noticed simple. that as well. Like so how many players would have just headed it straight and yeah. given Henderson a chance to save it? Because yeah. that boy is a good goalkeeper. Like he gets across the goal like no one I've yeah. seen in quite a while, actually. He's got in he doesn't look massive, but he covers that goal like I, I remember well. saying to a couple of mates, Henderson for Larice in yeah. in, a, in a couple of years' time would would have felt like a very smart move. But now I feel like he's uh, you know I mean Kane won't be happy because all of his pen practice in uh, training is going to be screwed if uh, Henderson joins. But no, I mean you, you're, you're right. I think Henderson looks great and he had a very good day. But Kane's yeah. finished there just to nestle it in the corner. Yeah. You know there was and and didn't result in you know. Harry Redknapp shouting at Darren Bent about how his wife could have, <laughs> about could, have could have finished it in about Sandra. Don't have a go about Sandra. That's always the rule, <laughs> golden rule. Yeah, no, it was fantastic, and um, it's just he made a mockery of the defence, didn't he? Just standing still, letting them letting them move out and play him on side. Like I don't know what they were thinking. I'll tell you what though, that that cross in from Richardson <sighs> is also filth. the. Ma- it, I, I tell you what, it's filth. That is a Luka Modric like uh, sort of yeah. memoir pass, like like the outside of the boot like that. It's a tribute act to to Luka Modric's I right think, boot. I think that was more disrespectful than the keepy uppies. <laughs> 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 like just nonchalantly play it on the outside of the ball, like yeah, go on and go oh. and score. <laughs> yeah, he 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 put it so perfectly on a plate that Kane didn't even have to move his feet, did he? He literally just stood there and was like, wait for it, wait for it, done. But you can I think- believe it. You can see the look on his face. He's like, oh my god, this is perfect. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, though, I love with Richarlison that he's, one, he's undeniably a very good footballer, right? Like, But that yeah. cross, a lot of players don't make that cross. You know? no, absolutely. I'll, t- I'll tell you someone who doesn't, Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling does not have that technique in his locker. No. Not a chance in hell. It's a great cross. But what he also does is he provides a lot of energy and sort of incisiveness at a time in the game where, like, I think I keep on hearing people talking about how with five subs now, football might become a bit more sort of you have your starters and your finishers which is quite an American concept from baseball with the pitch, yeah. right? Yeah. And you could see that Richarlison, bring him on against slightly tired players, he's, he looks so lethal. Um, although I, I wouldn't say a pigeon's the most lethal lethal bird. He's <laughs> sort of peregrine, peregrine falcon. He's, he's definitely annoying like a pigeon. Like, he always seems to be there. He's, he's faster, though. He's, he's definitely... Yeah. He's, He's not. He's not an eagle. He's not as like great no. as an eagle, but no. he's some kind of like falcon or crow. He could be a crow. He's a crow. Like, All right, we'll go with some crow. I think, <laughs> but he looks. He, he looks so good and so sharp, and he's getting end products and contributing. And you know, um, yeah. as, as he has done with sort of key moments in Chelsea and now in this match, but also he provides a sort of a, a lightning rod for opposition fan annoyance. Like in that game, he came on. And they were starting to get quite, it was getting a bit sort of topsy-turvy. It was like, either we're going to finish 2-0 or this is going to be an annoying 
88th minute equaliser here. And he came on and he and he just sort of drew the attention and the anger of the fans. But I think it, it that's actually quite a brave thing to do for your team to go yeah. on and be like, go on, I'll be the guy getting kicked. I'll chase down the loose challenge. I'll dive and roll around and slow the game down for five minutes. I'll I'll take all of that burden, which means that no one's talking about what you know where Kane is and what's going on with the other players on the pitch. And yeah, it just slows down the game yeah. as well. Like they they let them they if they want to kick him get booked and take that risk then great like that's, that's him serving his purpose as well as getting the assist what what did you make of his uh his keepy offies i feel like it, it would be remiss of us not to at least at yeah. least mention it uh, yeah i absolutely adore it like uh, <laughs> i want to see more that's, i'll put on twitter next time i want to see around the world you know a few step overs oh, if you can get the maradona seven in there as well that'd be amazing just mm. do it all like I don't care. It's football. If you're not if you're not allowed to enjoy football, what's the point? Like there are millions and millions of jobs that he could have done otherwise where he could be miserable. Right? Yeah. He's in football, the sport he loves. Let him have fun. Like we want to be entertained. I don't give a shit if not own them fucking forest enjoy it. Who cares? I love it. I, I think it's it's su- it was such an irrelevant sort of like like the notion that in some way he deserved to be kicked for it. I'm like, grow up. Like, yeah. I mean, that was said by a Jamie Carragher who once spat at a child. So. Well, I was, and J- Jamie Carragher as well, who, um, you know, I mean, snapped Nani in half for daring to basically have the ball for about three touches. But then exactly. it was followed up with their, their manager, Cooper, came yeah. out after and was like, oh, it was like disrespectful antics. I I'm wouldn't like, want my players to do it when Henderson that, was waving his cap at the Tottenham fans after he saved a penalty. What one's oh, worse? It, it was it was it was just such a stupid argument, and I also think yeah. like like the, the notion of disrespect in football for me is really stupid. Because what should Liverpool have stopped at six 0 the other day? Because Absolutely. any further would be disrespectful. Yeah. Should should I think Bournemouth Bournemouth should just give everyone three points now? Because that otherwise that would be disrespectful. Like just relegating one zero points. Every every everyone deserves. They should be that seven aside team that drops out of the league and have to void all the results. <laughs> Fen, that is for you. Um, I, but I, I thought it was such a stupid argument and the notion of yeah disrespect in football is just ridiculous. Like what? So at what point are we going to say well Ronaldinho wasn't allowed to do the flicks over someone's head? Oh, you're not allowed to do a step over because it's disrespectful. You're not. You know, it's who cares? Grow up. But the the only thing I did think about it, I think that should have been a red card and it wasn't even discussed. Well, the Kirk, yeah. No, 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 not the handball. The tackle on Richarlison. Oh right, which one? He, Remind me. Well, the one where he floors him after he's doing the keepy up. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Sorry, I was in a different no, world for a minute there. Yeah, I was going to say, but you've absolutely glazed over. But yeah, yeah, but he, no, um, he, he he absolutely floors him, and yeah. the the what is what's the definition in the rule book? It's if you're endangering another player's health. He had you one can't intention. That, yeah, yeah, one intention, and that was to just boot him. Yeah, I, I, for me, I was kind of surprised that I think he got a yellow. Actually, I'm not even sure he got a yellow, did he? Yeah, he got yellow. Okay, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of surprised it wasn't even, you know, discussed because um, it looked to me pretty, you know, pretty male- malevolent almost. But he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing, and um, I don't know why some people seem to think that you know that that was acceptable because Richardson had it coming but you can't mm. go into football and then just kicking people like no. surely surely booting someone in the in the legs is more disrespectful than doing a few keepy uppies like thank but it was it was a good result uh another one that puts us what we've dropped two points so mm-hmm. you know um and we've actually had a few challenging games unlike some other team who made the 
<laughs> pilgrimage across the water to North London. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's all it's all positive at the moment. I, I don't know if you uh, if you feel the same, but um, but I, I'm happy with it. So we'll, we'll we'll go on to the transfer window quickly since it's closing soon, isn't it? Yeah. Um, talk to me. Are you if if the if the transfer window ended today, would you be happy? Uh, uh does this count as us getting skip out on loan to Sampdoria, which apparently Winks. is almost there? Winks, sorry, Winks. Don't skip. you dare get um, skip out. <laughs> I was going to say skip. No, no, we need skip. Yeah, um, Winks out. Hill essentially is at Valencia, isn't he? As yeah. well. Pr- provided those two guys go out, then oh. I think we're done. It's been an excellent window, and I think you you sort of brush your hands and say well done and, and good job for getting it done early because I think there's no doubt that we've started the season well looking well drilled prepared in in sort of a good place because a lot of the players came in at the right time yeah. so and I, we've got I, game we've got game changers now like Richarlison coming off Basuma coming on those mm. those are the game changing subs that we've always looked to and never never seen to have over the last however many years I, I think the only the only one for me and I think by the way huge shout out for the fact that we've managed to get good loan destinations to some of our young players. I saw yeah. both both Parra and Scarlett have already got their first goals and their loans, you know, in mid-August. Yeah. So they're both gonna gonna develop from that. I think the only person for me who I look at and I'm not not concerned, but I'm a little bit like, oh, if Eric Dyer gets injured, we don't have another player who naturally sits in the middle of that three, do we? The one I'd play I'd play there is Longley. Um, because mm. I, I think I, I, he's not as great in the air as perhaps he should be for a man of his height. Mm. Um, but on the ball, his his ability to make those raking passes is essentially what Conte is looking for in a in a central centre back, as well as his ability to, to dribble and bring the ball forward. So I reckon mm. he can do that job. However, I would like to see another centre back um, come in, and I think if Hill goes, I want I want to see another attacker. This whole clamouring for a, a centre attack in mid, as if this is some sort of FIFA game, um, <laughs> isn't really necessary because, like we said earlier, we've scored the most amount of goals, and we've done that by counter attacking and with our automations. We don't need creativity. We're not we're not set up to rely on one player's creativity to get a goal. That's not how Conte teams work. Um, no. because it's unreliable. If you're, if you're one creative player has an off game, you're fucked. You're not getting I, the ball forward. Um, but I, I think, I think we need another attacker because if, if the hill goes, we have Lucas Moura and Richarlison battling it out for the other three places. So I'd, I'd like to see another just to make it easier to rotate and someone with a bit, something a bit different to what we do have. Yeah, I agree. And I think I, I actually think Hill personally, I'm, I I like a lot. Um, yeah, I think he's got I, I think he's got a lot to offer. For me, yeah. he would have been good cover for Kulu in yeah. mir- mirroring that, you know, playing on the right as a left footer. And he's he's not a wing back. Like, I'm, you know, his best performance have all been as a midfielder. He's not a yeah. wing back. No, 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 um, no. I, I think the guy, though, who stands out to me, who is left footed, is of a more realistic age profile and sort of consistency in terms of delivering in first team football. Um, the guy at Atalanta. Uh, Malinowski. yeah. He, yeah. He's a, a lovely left footer gets goals and assists from that kind of area of the pitch. Looks to me sort of he's he's Kulu esque in terms of his how he plays the game. It's just that he mm. plays it while being like five for eight rather than being six yeah. for three. And he just um, loves to smash it from about thirty yards. <laughs> yeah, right, but he, he looks to me like the like the one I'd love to see come in, but I don't know yeah. I don't know if it'll be possible. But I think I think broadly, yeah, apart from Dyer, Dyer the only consideration for me is that 
I the more I watch Spurs, the more I'm realizing now how the sort of so much of how we play goes through Dyer stepping out with the ball. Well, this is why I've been really Dyer's been getting like like so much abuse on on Twitter and wherever, and I feel like people just haven't been watching him for the last two years. Like we've mm. got this agenda from him that he was shit, and that was fair at the time because he was underperforming. And, but since even since Mourinho's come in and he's actually solidified his position as a centre back, I mm. think he's been one of our most important players. And yesterday wasn't one of his best games. Uh, his passing was was off more than usual. Um, he, he I remember him diving into a tackle and just getting spun. So yesterday wasn't a good example, but every other game since then, I think he's been he's been really solid. I, I think he's really solid. I think he does the middle of that back three works so well because he reads crosses into the box so well with either foot and just clears the ball. I think his distribution is actually really good. I think you'd be hard yeah. pressed to find a better centre back distributing the ball who we could afford. Well, that's what um, a lot of people seem to be seem to think. They they, they seem to think that replacing Dyer would be easy. I think mm. Dyer is now at the standard where the players that improve him are in that top five percent bracket that mm. are already at massive clubs and they're, they're really difficult to find. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, you'd, you'd have to go by essentially a Romero level player, wouldn't you? Yeah. But, but who plays in the middle of the three. And I think there's only, you know, there are probably, what, four or five guys who aren't ready at, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world capable of it. So it's, yeah. it's for me, I, I, I think we're in a, we're in a good position in the transfer window. And what we also kind of forget is that we are, we're doing it on a shrewder budget than other clubs. You know, you think Kulu, how much is Kulu's loan going to cost? I think, um, to, I think the loan was like five mil and then to make it, this is euros. And yeah. I think to make it permanent was like 35. Yeah. So we'll end up, it'll end up being like 35 million pounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Anthony. Ajax is <laughs> selling Anthony for a hundred million euros to United, yeah. you know, United, yeah, so. You, you, you look at United, United spent the same amount of money on Lissandra Martinez that we did on Romero. They spent you know, the same amount of money as some countries have spent on their defence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, sadly. Um, but I, I think this is the, the thing, right? Of like we've, you know, Basuma, absolute snip for the amount of money that we, yeah. paid, we paid for him. You know, I think, I, I actually think we've made, and Richarlison right now, I know people at the time, including myself, were like, oh, that 60 feels quite high with all the add-ons. But, if Gordon's going to cost like 70, I know it's which of the right. two I'd have, I'd have rather, I'd have rather yeah. taken. So I, I think we've also done, you know, part of, part of waiting to the end of the window is yes, you get, you get some cheaper deals because some clubs are desperate to sell. Like, mm. you know, I think uh, Pepe has left, uh, has left Arsenal, hasn't he? And he's gone. Yeah, he's gone to Lille. Is it Lille? They bought him from Lille, didn't they? Yeah. But they bought him, and it, I think it's you know twenty five percent wage reduction from him personally, and then Arsenal covering fifty, Nice covering twenty five, and yeah. you might get that cheaper deal, but then you're getting a shitter player. Yeah. And for me, I think we've gone early, we've snapped really smart guys, we're not being forced to overpay. Um, you know, I think we're well set up. So I, I have to say, I think that's the best transfer window as a club we've yeah. had in a fairly long time. So, so I, it's I, been, I think we both deep. agreed, it's been a great window. It would have been, it would be perfect with another quality centre back to challenge Dyer and another mm. attacker for just to just for rotation. Yeah, exactly. And and I think for me, it's also hard because you can't have, you know all established experienced international pros in every position because they're going to be unhappy if they're starting on the bench um and in that respect the only thing i i, I would have to 
taught to someone who knows a lot more about football scouting than than I do. But it, you know, is there a young centre half who has the ability to play in the middle of a three who maybe needs to learn his craft a bit? In the same way that maybe Jed Spence, he might come off the bench at right wing back for a lot of games now. And yeah. he looks, by the way, I don't know if you saw his one. Rapid. Whoa. Jesus Christ. I've never seen he, a man move so fast since I last had a really spicy curry. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, you, you already have that issue with a glass of milk, let alone you put a curry <laughs> in the system and it's going to fly. Um, no, I, I just think, you know, Jed Spence to me, yeah, he looks like a player who he will, I think, surpass, uh, what's his name, uh, Royale at right back eventually. But for the time being, yeah, yeah, he, yeah he might come off the bench. If there was a centre, if there was a, a central defender who maybe has got a better passing range, who could learn from dying that way, great. But on the whole, well done to the club. Ten points out of, out of twelve, um, and on we go to to our next game. Wonderful. Just before we wrap up, then let's talk about the next game quickly. Uh, West Ham have got their that duck off their back, and they have finally scored and got some points. So <laughs> the inevitability of their first goal and points being against Spurs is over. Which um, how how do we beat them, and what is your score prediction? Uh, I think we beat them just by by playing to our level. You know, I think I think there's I, th- I think this year in the Prem it's going to be quite a weird situation where there's been this sort of like rise of like the middle class. I heard someone describe it as, <laughs> and there's going to be like it's going to be like fourteen really average teams who've all got quite a lot of money splashing around. Like there aren't you're not going to see the fourteenth best team in you know in the Bundesliga buying Lucas Paqueta for sixty million quid. So every week That's there's true. going to be banana skins. So you've just got to focus on playing your game to the best to the best of your yeah. ability i think i think for me with west ham you know how they're going to play they've got they, they've got big aggressive aerial forwards so closing down and stopping wing backs and full backs from from getting good crossing position is for me very important i don't want to see aaron cresswell or that right back the i think he's um i can't remember where he's, he's uh sort of eastern european the right back he's quite good kufa Kufal, I don't want to see them having the time just to set the ball and pick out Skamaka in the box or Antonio. Yeah. I want to see us getting out there and stopping that, stopping that, and then just break quickly. Because if we play the way we can play, it's it's you know we're, I think we're one of the best teams in the league. So Agreed. try and try and stop Declan Rice from dominating with the ball because he is undeniably a very good footballer. Yeah. Um, and then close down those fullbacks because they're not going to have the craft to, to kind of nip their way through you. But they will absolutely just dolly the ball into the box and line up some some power forwards to go to go attack it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. What's the, what's your score prediction? Who, oh, whose yeah. place is it at? Oh, oh it's at their place. Mm, don't Stratford. like their place. What a shit off. That's uh, I'm in Stratford for work on Saturday as well, so <laughs> I'm going to be surrounded by West Ham fans, aren't I? Oh, you are really going to be in, in and amongst it. Um, it's, it's right. Do a super. Do, do a Superman. So put it on under the shirt. Uh, keep on your. your <laughs> just do it. Just put my middle finger up to people as they walk past. Yeah, it's the perfect move. Just that, and then just occasionally just show the badge and then just give them the little wink. Um, I reckon three one to Tottenham. I reckon we're 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 looking good and. They'll probably get a late consolation goal, but but in my view, we should be looking confidently at rolling over yeah. teams of this this kind of stature. I'd say West Ham have never looked dangerous. Their goal at the weekend was like a massive deflection from a, a speculative shot from long range. Um, yeah. So I think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, it depends. We'll maybe some will get on his boots. I'm going to go two nil, two nil. So two. either way, a two goal lead. Two uh, two, two, two goal, goal lead. lead. And I reckon Richarlison to start instead of Son. 
you reckon? It's just midweek mm. games. I think we're going to start seeing more rotation. Spence might even start or, or Doherty might come in if he's fit. Uh, mm. Wouldn't it be shocked to see Longley in there as well? Maybe because of Skamaka, he might be better. Conte might feel he's better suited than Ben Davies to pick up Skamaka if he if he peels off to the far post. Um, right, we'll wrap it up there because I've got to go and get my hair cut because I look like a as a tramp so um <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much jules for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure and you're welcome on anytime mate mate absolute pleasure um looking forward to hearing hearing the next one on the pod but uh yeah come on you spurs let's go cheers mate come on you spurs if you um want to keep in touch with us we're 1882 on twitter you can find us on facebook um hit us up if you want to join us remember this is your tottenham podcast but thank you very much for joining and come on you spurs <laughs> <laughs>